You're listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast, a weekly show of our Sunday sermons that give you a way to connect with God, grow in faith, and find wholeness. Thanks for joining us. Here's the message. When you imagine God in heaven looking down at you, what kind of expression, what kind of facial expression do you imagine to be on God's face? I know you may be thinking to yourself, well, Lauren, God doesn't have a physical body like us, or heaven isn't above us in the sky, or I don't really believe in a literal heaven with pearly gates and such like that. Okay, fine, sure. But just humor me for a minute. For a second, just try to imagine if God did have a physical body like ours and a face like ours, and God was looking down on you, what kind of expression would be on God's face? Would God hold a facial expression of surprise, fear, disdain, disgust, contempt, anger, sadness, happiness, or love? Whether you imagine God's face looking down at you right now or sometime in the past, what do you imagine God's facial expression to be? A few months back, I was reading a book by Marlena Graves called The Way Up is Down. It's a book about becoming yourself with God's help. Like me, Marlena is the parent of young children, and she describes a moment in the book in which her three-year-old daughter caught her staring at her. I want to read this uh, directly from the book. She says, several years ago, my then three-year-old Valentina caught me staring at her. Mommy, why are you looking at me like that? She caught me off guard. I didn't even know I was staring. Because I love and delight in you, I said. She must have caught my eyes glued on her, sparkling in delight. A moment later, it occurred to me to further respond with, God looks at you that way too. You mean God looks happy at me? She earnestly inquired. Yes, I said. God always looks happy at you, I emphasized. Then I look happy at Jesus, at you, at Daddy, at Sisters, she included. When she finished, I think she could see me beaming with even more happiness. I want my three-year-old and three daughters to know deep down that God loves them and delights in them, that God looks happy at them. Indeed, God looks happy at each one of us and welcomes us that way. God is like that. God is like that. I imagine for some of us that sounds a little odd. God looks at us with love and delight? Really? God is like that? I gotta confess for me, when I think about how I might have imagined God looking at me, in the past at least, love and delight isn't what came to mind for me. Rather, if I imagined God God looking down at me and what God's facial expression would have been, what would have come to mind for me is bewilderment, disdain, frustration, disgust. Love and delight, happy eyes, isn't what would have come to mind for me. And to be honest, isn't always what still comes to mind for me even now. I wonder if you can relate. Maybe because of your sexuality, your doubts, your mistakes, your past. 
When you try to imagine God looking down at you, all you can see on God's face is disdain, frustration, or despair. And I imagine, frankly, I can only imagine, the pain, anguish, or loneliness you may have felt or, to be honest, may still feel. I think about this as a parent, as someone who loves looking at my own children with happy eyes, as someone who understands the importance and impact that a loving and nurturing parent can have on a child's development, I wonder how in the world churches and pastors and, and, and other Christians thought it was ever okay to suggest that God, our father or our mother, looks down on us with anything other than eyes full of love and delight. Knowing, knowing how detrimental this can be to a child, I'm curious, like how I'm, I'm curious how in the world this could be, and I'm curious how things would look different if we really understood and experienced this deep and immense love of God for us. To be honest, I think we'd look a little bit more like Jesus. I know, uh, for many of us, that sounds a little weird, right? For so long, we've been conditioned to think that, uh, we've conditioned to believe that our similar to Jesus depended on how we acted rather than just a recognition of God's love for us. But, but follow me here for a minute. I was reading this past week uh, about the story of the baptism of Jesus in the Bible. Now, there's a lot going on in this story that we don't have time to dive into all of it today, but the gist of the story is this. There was this charismatic religious leader named John who challenged people to make a formal commitment to living a changed life by letting him dunk them in the river. John became so well known for this practice that people basically gave him the nickname of John the Baptist, or we might say John the Immerser, John the Dunker. So one day, for reasons again we don't really fully understand or at least have time to look at today, Jesus decides to come to John to get dunked himself. And something incredible happens. Let's, let's read the story. I'll read it from the Bible because I have this brand new Bible that I like to read from. So Mark chapter 1 verses 4 through 11 says, John the Baptist was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced, One stronger than I am is coming after me. I am not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandal. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. About this time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the Spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven saying, You are my son whom I dearly love, and you I find happiness. Those words really stick out to me. You are my son whom I dearly love, in you I find happiness. I dearly love, in you 
I find happiness. Thinking about it from Marlena's perspective, we might say that God looked at Jesus with happy eyes. What's interesting about this story is that biblical scholars and academics think that this was a moment, at least some do, think that this was a moment where Jesus became the Son of God, when Jesus became divine. Now, setting aside these bigger questions of uh, what scholars and academics would call the Christology of Jesus, what I think seems pretty obvious is that this was a pivotal moment in the life of Jesus. And sure, maybe it was the public commitment to living a changed life that was the impetus. But I can't help but think and to wonder how much it would have impacted Jesus to hear these words. You are my son, whom I dearly love. In you, I find happiness. Again, knowing what we know about child development and the impact of parental love on the formation of children. Knowing how much a child will grow and thrive when they have the love and support of caring parents. And knowing how much a child suffers when they come from a family devoid of love and affection. How could this not have been a life-changing moment in the life of Jesus? A real-life example of God's radical love, at least for others to see, maybe. And it leads me to wish and to wonder if there has been a time for you in your life that you recognized, that you heard, that you experienced God's love for you. Maybe, like Jesus, you're in your 30s, like me, and there hasn't been a time in your life where it's been a long time since you've recognized God's love for you. Maybe the past year has been so discouraging, so disorienting that you've forgotten or you failed to see God's love for you. Or maybe, like Jesus, you've known all along of God's love for you, and God's happiness for you. But one thing for sure, son of God or not, I don't think Jesus could have gone through the struggles he experienced or even survived his time in the desert without hearing and knowing and experiencing God's deep and immense love for him. Here we are, a few days into 2021. I know we're all more than ready to turn the page on a new year. I know 2020 was a year we wish we could soon forget. I know we want to believe that 2021 has better things in store. But the reality is, the reality is that things could look very much the same. The virus will still be here, the economy is still in tatters, and we are very much still isolated and alone from our friends and our family. Things are very much still the same. We will still be isolated for some time. For some time. And when I think about what that means, I think about the struggles. And if we think, if you think, if I think, we can make it through 2021 by just bare-knuckling it and gritting our teeth, It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Without hearing, without knowing, without experiencing God's deep, deep love and happiness for us, 
I won't be able to survive. You won't be able to survive. We will not be able to survive 2021. And I don't. I don't want you going through another year feeling like you did in 2021. I don't want you going through another year doubting God's love for you. And more, I believe God does not want you going through another year feeling like you did in 2020. So if what comes to mind for you when you try to imagine God's face is anything other than happy eyes of love and delight, I want you to take a moment, whether it's immediately after this or sometime later today or sometime this week, just to try to imagine God looking at you with happy eyes. And if you can, think back to a time in your life when you experienced, like Jesus, God's deep love and happiness for you. For, th- for me, thinking back to uh, Marlena's story, looking at her child, I sort of imagine the reverse. In my mind, I think of the love and light in my children's eyes as they look back at me. And I imagine that to be God's love for me. And in truth, I believe it is God's love coming through. For the Bible says that everyone who loves is from God and loves God. My prayer, my prayer for you, both today and in the coming days of 2021, is that you would discover for the first time or all over again that you are God's son, God's daughter, God's beloved child, whom he dearly loves and finds deep, deep love and happiness in. And I pray that this love would uphold you and sustain you through whatever comes your way in 2021. And that you would know deep down in your heart that God looks at you with happy eyes of love and delight. Thank you for listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast. You can watch our weekly services on Facebook Live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And to learn more about joining a group or serving with us, visit our website at mgthornton.org.